Welcome everyone to the Directed IRA podcast. If you've been wondering about how the heck you can self-direct your IRA and buy cool stuff, well, you got the right podcast. Woo! That, yeah, if you want. that was one of your most to the point. Good introduction. <laughs> just, like, you just you know, it right there. Yeah. It's the end of the day today when we're recording and I just want to cut to the chase. Yeah, you know. it's like you didn't pull any punches with that. Well, that was Matt Sorensen, the uh, amazing CEO of Directed IRA, the most fastest growing, highest customer service rated directed trust company in the country. How yeah. was that? Yeah, that's all accurate. All right. All yeah. accurate. Yep. I'm We're just the best. Good. We're the best. I don't want to say what we what what we do with excellence, you know. There's this little little salty, but uh well, I'll say, you know, Ricky Bobby, Ricky Bobby, I just piss excellence. You know, I'm the best. That's all there is to it. <laughs> show me second place and show me a loser. Yeah. Uh, now I uh, am the measly CFO um, <laughs> of the directed trust company, uh, but we are also both senior partners, equally the yoke in the KKOS law firm, been around for 20 years, been helping clients with their small businesses and building their retirement accounts for 20 years. We love this space. We finally got around to a podcast on it just this year because we're like, you know what? We got to get some better, more info out there. Not taking a shot at anyone else out there in the space. Just trying to be the best we can and yeah. you know, deal with it. That's it. Yeah. Is that okay? And uh, if you don't like the podcast, we do give full refunds. Whatever <laughs> you've paid, if you don't like it, 100% refund. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, uh, hook you, we'll hook you up. Um, all right. Uh, also a CPA, Matt's a tax attorney, and we're here for you. And Matt, tell us the topic today. I like it. Yeah, this is cool. We're going to talk about investing in a private company, private fund, or small business with your IRA. If you've listened so far to the podcast, you know anything about self-directed IRAs, you know you don't just have to buy the big publicly traded companies you know that you can invest on Main Street. You can buy a small business. You can invest in a private fund. Would that uh, be- That's stuff we're going to talk about today. Yeah, is it, and I was going to ask, is that would private equity? Yeah, private thing? equity fund. A PPM. Account, a a PPM, private placement memorandum, a hedge, hedge fund. fund. Uh, yeah. You can do a private REIT. We have clients that have done those. Right. Uh, an LLC or limited partnership real estate fund that could be a private placement real estate fund. Yeah. Um, now there's other things you can do. You could, there's ways your retirement account can own a business that you're kind of setting up. Um, but that's, we're going to do that in another podcast. We're talking about, you just want to invest in some other cool business. Yeah. You don't, we want to invest in the next Facebook. You want to invest in some private fund that's doing cool things and getting good returns. Yeah. That's what we're going to hit today. Um, I would say too, in this typical scenario, you are not a manager or an officer of this operation. Right. You would be generally considered a limited partner or a passive partner or an investor if that yeah. term fits the shoe, wear it. And because we're normally, and, and we've talked about this for years, we want to be careful of throwing the investor word out there. Because if you're out there raising money, you got to meet with a lot of requirements if you're going to call people investors. Well, yeah. a lot of these private equities and hedge funds and PPM, they've done that. They're legit. Yeah. And so you are an investor. So that's okay. But you're not an officer or director of these businesses. Right. Exactly. And so um, let's focus on how you can use your retirement account to do this because um, it's kind of cool. And I'll, I want to give a few examples. Okay? okay. Let's start with a cool example before we get into tech. Okay. Let's start with, I'm going to start with an easy example. Okay. Pandemic hit. 
Um, a rock, there was a bar and restaurant owner. Also had some gentlemen's clubs. Just saying, that was part of it. Okay. And those shut down. Okay, they got shut down in the pandemic. Okay. I had a client's IRA come in, buy up some shares in that in that business. Um, gave them a, a influx of cash for that to help them get through the pandemic. Knew this business had been around for twenty plus years before. Huh. They were friends and said, "Hey." I just want to invest in your small business. And this was an existing business. Okay. So we see that we see transactions like that of, I'm going to buy some stock in your small business. And we're going to talk about how you do that. Um, but that'd be, that'd be an easy example. Okay. Existing now, if I can play off that example, um, that would not be a uh, private equity uh, registered security uh, right. scenario. That was a yep. buddy, and this is very, very common and very yep. okay. Is your friend down the street says, I've got this business, I'm struggling right now, or I want to expand. It couldn't be a, it, maybe it's not a crisis, but an opportunity. And they come to you and say, Hey, do you want to buy in? Now, guys, gals, this is what we talk to our clients about all the time. It's called opportunity shifting. When that person comes to you and says, Hey, do you want to buy in? You say, No, I don't want to buy in. But my retirement account does. <laughs> yeah. That's the difference. And you have yeah. to use that nomenclature, that verbiage. You got you to remember, this is not you. This is your retirement account. And so clients come to me, especially I'm kind of the more tax planner. I get, I'm on podcasts or webinars or lives all the time. And people are like, how do I save taxes? I'll say, quit making money. Let your retirement account make the money. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference here. And this wonderful example is there's a friend down the street said, I need some cash. And he's going to, and that is talk particulars. You'd yeah. probably say, here's my operating agreement. Go look at yeah. it with your lawyer. What, what would happen yeah. next? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So the first thing you want to do is you want to understand, well, what type of business is this? Is this an LLC? Is it an S corp? Is it a C corporation? Those are going to be your typical three businesses out there in the small business world. One of those is a problem. All right. <laughs> so let's walk through that. Okay. The first one, S corporation. If the person has an S corporation or the business is an S corporation, your IRA will not qualify to invest in it. IRAs just can't buy stock of an S corporation. Now your IRA could loan them money. You could be a lender to an S corporation and maybe take, you know, get a lien on some assets the business owns, but you can't buy the stock in an S corporation. Now I got a backup plan, but go to okay. go to the LLC and C Corp and then let's circle back. So okay, the next the next would be the C Corp. The C Corp is pretty easy. That's basically when your IRA is buying Microsoft or Apple or General Motors, you know, if anyone buys that stock anymore. Um, yeah. <laughs> when, you're, when your IRA is buying those, those are C-Corps, okay? Straightforward, IRA owns it. There's nothing called UBIT tax you need to worry about. And you're in business, you own some of the stock. And typically in that situation, your friend is not going to have a C-Corp. That's yeah. screwed. Not yeah. typically, but yeah. they could have the LLC. Is that yeah. okay? Yeah. Now let me say on the C Corp, we see that a lot in the startups. So when you're investing in a startup, that could be the next big thing. And there's tons of these going on right now. Um, those are typically going to be C Corps. Okay. Um, so you're usually good there, but the existing small business down the street is going to be an S Corp or an LLC. Okay. And the LLC? Uh, LLC. Now here's the way you need to want when you're investing in LLC, your IRA can own an LLC. You're going to be what's called a member of an LLC. That's like shareholder of a corporation. You're called a member in an LLC. You're the owner. Um, you'll negotiate whatever percent you can out of that, right? So think of this bar and restaurant that was shut down, needed an influx of cash. 
was that if you're the retirement account investor, you're like, can I get 20% ownership out of this for my 250 grand? What's the business worth? You know, and so you got to negotiate that. Um, in this example, they negotiated a buyout so that the existing business owner could buy the client, the IRA back out, but it was for like a, a three-time multiple. Ooh. So the only way they could force him back out to buy him back out was a, at a three-time return. So if yeah. I put in 250, that'd get, pay me 750 to get me back out. <laughs> Yeah. To force me, I could always sell, you know, if I wanted to sell, but to force me back out. Okay. So, and you can negotiate terms like that. Now, the LLC, one thing you need to know with these operating businesses. Well, hold on. Before you go there, Matt, that's yeah. just, I know where you're going. And I, I right. think that's going to take us to another level. Um, I kind of like to dumb things down a little bit. Matt's so smart. I'm the dumb guy. So it helps. Now, in that, <laughs> after the negotiation step, typically, this is where people screw up all the time. I don't know why, because they've got their retirement account and their due diligent brain just is gone, you know, or because if I was going to go invest in this restaurant for some reason, I'm going to, I don't know why people in that situation are much more diligent to go in and look at the books and negotiate a good membership transfer agreement and look at non-competes and all these things. People just, they think it's their IRA. So they throw a little more caution to the wind. You don't want to do that. Step one's negotiating. Step two is making sure that your retirement account, whether it's an IRA or 401k or whatever, whatever your retirement account is, is, is getting a good document, a good yeah. legal document. Get your lawyer involved. Your lawyer brain might explode. They'll be like, your retirement account is buying this? You can't just shut up and just look at the contract as if it was me. So don't let yeah. your, your attorney jack it up by getting freaked out that your retirement account's doing. Call our law firm if you need, but negotiate well, and then you're going to get a membership certificate and buy into the LLC. Matt, was that yeah. okay? I got a yeah. little upset. So typically be a, a membership transfer agreement or purchase agreement to buy the, the units of the LLC in this small business case. You're going to get added on to the operating agreement of the LLC generally when you're going to have to know what the operating agreement is. And you want to know that. Yeah. Do I have any voting power now if I'm a, an owner? What if I have voting rights, but I only own 40% of this company and the person I bought in with has 60? Do I have a say of anything? Probably yeah. not. You know, <laughs> you don't negotiate that stuff. And yeah. you want to have that control because you're going to be able to vote for your IRA in its position to say, yeah, we should take on debt. Yes, we should open a second location, you know, whatever it may be in the business you're investing into. And we're going to come to the private equities. Hang out, everybody. But, yeah. but let's think through this a little more. See, hopefully we're opening your eyes to, okay, it's just like me buying into a business and I got to negotiate on behalf of my IRA. Or yeah. I got to negotiate properly. I got to make sure the documents are done properly. Do I have a voting right? And again, in this situation, you're not going to go bartend. You're not going to yeah. go run the books. You're not going to go run the yeah. show. Um, now, can you go patron the, the, the gentleman's club or the restaurant? Sure but you're going to pay the same fees as everybody else because you're not an owner. Yeah. Retirement account is. So you're going to, so you're going to negotiate. And when this deal goes down, you want to talk about where's the money going to go. See, in a, a lot of times in a business sale, the money is going to go to the person selling the membership or the stock. Not in this yeah. situation. I suspect you said, okay, if I'm going to put this money, I want the money to go in the business. So now the accountants have to be involved because you don't want a capital gain for the seller. You want an infusion of, of cash going into the business so it's not a taxable transaction for the, for the other owner. 
Right. And accountants have to account for that differently on the tax return of the seller mm-hmm. and the buyer. So, yeah. so these are little things you need to deal with. And if you're going to spend a couple grand in legal or accounting, it's okay. Yeah. This guy got a killer deal. It sounds like. Yeah. That would be like, you know, the non-planning of, oh, I'll just transfer half of my ownership and oh, I just got a capital gain instead of just selling new units and diluting yourself to 50% or whatever the negotiation is. And Matt, how so, many times does that happen? People just I see that I mean, money over like, here. You're like, yeah. what are you getting? Well, I, I'm just buying part of this company. Well, where's the contract? Well, here's a napkin from Denny's. No. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It drives me insane. So private equity example. Give us a good private equity example. Okay. Let's talk about private equity. So no, I said the S corp thing though. We were going to circle back. weren't we? Well, you bet. Well, we got to talk about you bet actually, because the S corp. Yeah. Let me just say the S corp thing, because normally a a restaurant owner like that is going to be an S corp. And you don't want a dumb accountant or lawyer to torpedo you buying in. So typically in this, we do, in our firm, we call it a reorg, a reorganization. So what you would do is create an LLC and you would inject your retirement account money as a 40% owner, in Matt's example. And the, uh, the current owner would, would buy or contribute the assets of the business through his S-corp as a 60% owner. So you end up with this new parent that would own and operate the business and your retirement account would own part of that LLC and the current owner's S-Corp would own the 60%. So it's doable. You just need sure. good accountants and lawyers to bring it together. And it's not terribly expensive. So don't yeah. think you're out of the cold if someone comes to you and says, you want to buy into my business? I got an S-Corp. No, I can't. My retirement account can't own an S-Corp. No, we just reorg it and backdoor you in. Yep. Well, love that. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. That was great. I just oh, skipped that. I'll, thank you. I'll, I'll, I love yeah. That's why we're partners. So, I know. You know, such a good team. Okay. Now, Matt, before you go to Ubit, okay. let's get the private equity people in the mix. Is that okay? okay. Give it, then let's we'll just call it the private fund. Let's just call okay, it the private, private fund account. Okay. Private. Because okay. this could be a hedge fund, a private equity fund, you PPM. know. Yeah. Any type of PPM. Limited partnership. Yeah. And that's, yeah. And so, okay. so that structure is basically you have, someone who's raising money for investment purposes. They're going to go out and buy and sell stock or do real estate deals or buy and sell small and medium-sized businesses if they're like a private equity fund. You got a prospectus. Yeah, there's a yeah, there's a prospectus or, a, or an offering document. And what you're doing in those is those people raising the money are have a management team that run the fund, that make decisions, that get a management fee. They get a share of profits when the fund makes money. And they push down the rest of the profits, of course, to the the, the investors. Yeah. And it's good. So, that's yeah. okay. It's great. Yeah, very common. And that's, you know, like there's lots of famous, you know, hedge funds out there, for example, that are like very exclusive. And who gets in is like, you know, you've got to like know the right people and kiss the butts or whatever to get in. Now, there's a number of funds out there that are actually very famous that have had ridiculous returns over the years that we have a couple clients. That, that are in some of these funds that you can't just call up and be like, I want to buy in. I, even, even if you're like, I got a million bucks. Can I buy into this fund? They'll be like, nope. But you got you to like know someone, you know, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> so now there's those types of funds and you can't even, even with those types of funds that are like very well known, but super exclusive, they're not publicly traded. Okay. These are private funds and, you, and they're usually under what's called Reg D under the securities rules. 
your IRA can just invest in those. And of course, you can open an account at Directed IRA uh, to do it. Now, now you have the regular fund too that might just have 100 investors in it and someone's just out there raising kind of a, a smaller fund and trying to raise maybe 10 million bucks or 100 million or five, whatever. Um, very, very common too. Now, what's good about these types of deals is it's not John or Mary down the street. These have professional managers. They're going to have a track record of some sort. They have a prospectus. Yeah. And so you, the nice thing about this is you have, are generally going to have less stress and you're, there's not a lot of negotiation. It's a deal. Here's the deal. Yeah. You want in or do you want out? And their documents are going to be vetted 50 times over by all the attorneys involved. Well, let me say this. What, what Mark's saying, it's your duty to make sure this is the case before you invest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, you have all the documents. Yeah. You want to look at the management background, okay? Just because you got an email from someone or somebody told you to invest or you saw some workshop or something and they offer a fund doesn't mean you should. You're, yeah. you know. Yeah. You're the not diligence. doing that for you either. It, yeah. the directed IRA, we, that's on you. Just like yeah. your buddy down the street, you got to do your due diligence. But I would say, Matt, don't you? I mean, with these private funds, at least you're going to have something to look at that's a little more organized, right? Yeah, it. like yeah, like the small business down the street, the bar or restaurant. I mean, you're going to have to kick the tires and and like cre- create the documents and get some financials out of the current owner, right? Yeah, yeah. The private fund is they have a whole packet typically of documents that the SEC requires. You generally want to search to make sure their funds registered at sec.gov. There's a search tool there. Um, if this fund's big enough, and most most of the private funds we see through here are, there's like some exceptions to it. But um, so there's t- definitely more preparation in that in the documentation. Now, someone could be a terrible fund manager and could lose your money, right? Um, so you want to, of course, get to know the people that are running it talk to other investors, do the typical due diligence things you would do. Um, but there's, it's, it's a very popular world to be in right now in some of these private funds that are finding opportunities in the markets with all the volatility we've had. Now, in both of these situations, correct me if I'm wrong, Matt, um, as CEO of Directed IRA, um, <laughs> when you, once you find the fund that you're cool with and you're stoked on or buddy down the street and you bet him and you go over and look over his shoulder and uh, or his her shoulder and you're looking at quickbooks and you're happy you're going to go to directed ira and go hey i opened my account here i moved my money from my ira or my 401k rollover or whatever it is your money's at directed ira now you're going to say what form do i use to get this done and, and yeah. there's going to be some specific forms that you'd fill out and submit so that we can do the deal and get get that money where it's supposed to go is that a fair way of saying it Yep. And you're going to do the direction of investment, private company, private fund. You outline, you tell us how much you want to invest from your account, attach the documents, authorize us to sign them and execute it. Money goes out in a couple of days, you know? So, so yeah, now here's the, the critical program? thing on the docs. Yeah. On remember, you're not investing in this fund. Your IRA is so the documents do not say Mark Kohler is the investor. It says directed trust company, FBO, Mark Kohler, IRA. All right. And you sign the documents read and approved to say, I approve you, you guys, directed IRA, but we will actually sign for the IRA. And now, let I me hit a couple. Let me hit on one time. other note. Oh, turn on time. Okay. Yeah, be a little more clear on that if you don't mind. What should people expect process-wise? Because some people are like, can't you do this today? You know, or sort of thing. Yeah, i probably say the average time is about two to three days turnaround time to fund it. Now, we're generally funding 
within a couple of days, one to two days, um, just because we're on our stuff. You know, we we got our crap together over here. Once they submit um, everything. Once you submit everything, right. Now, if you know what you're doing, we're going to process it fast. If it's your first one and you blow up the documents, you don't do it right, um, there might be some back and forth. But we're going to help you through the process. Our investment team is very well trained. We're doing a number of private funds every day. Like one I we, I remember we did, uh, this is a couple months ago now, was a, um, um, it was a, a men's health, you know, um, medication. It's a medical company, had a lot of doctors involved, yeah. helping for men's health in the bedroom. Let's just say that, okay? okay. <laughs> Trying to solve some problems there, you know? Well, you, Let's just say if it works, that is something people will pay money for, all right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. You know, usually I'm the one getting in trouble. We've got a gentleman's club example and now <laughs> men's uh, health. Pill. I, I don't, I'm, yeah. I, I mean, I just, I should get better examples. Um, <laughs> the ladies on the show are like, these guys are creeps. No, no. Who no. are their customers over there? I know. Those, those are, why are those the funds that I remember? I just, uh, like, oh, what's this one? Um, here's an, another cool one that came through though, a fun, um, a Netflix movie. So, um, it's kind of a, a Netflix movie. It was a, somebody who's produced them before that's had stuff get on Netflix and purchased. And so we had some clients IRAs investing in a fund that was bait. You're buying shares in the company that's going to own this Netflix movie. You get a share of the royalties. Hmm. Um, and so, so that was cool. You know, we see stuff like that um, in these, in these funds as well. Okay. Now, if I may say, step, you know, what happens on day two? You know, all this is done and your money yeah. is now invested in this deal. You're going to have an account um, that you can view online and see, okay, my account's there. It's invested in X. And yeah. then do you get the money, Matt? Who gets any dividends or money? Are they going to send it to Matt Sorensen in your mailbox tomorrow yeah. or put it in your bank account? No. So when you complete the documents for the fund, most of these funds are going to have a section that says, hey, where do we send the any distributions or any dividends? Well, no, you're before dis- I'm trying to say profits from this investment are not going to you, the person. Oh, I know. I know. That's account. what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you were I'm talking saying, distributions step down. Yeah. Well, the funds call them distributions. So the fund is distributing proceeds oh, okay. out right. to the investors. Okay. You know? So you call it a div- dividends or profits. So when the fund's cutting money out to the investors, there's a section in your documents when you say, hey, fund, I'm investing called the subscription agreement where you indicate where to send the money. Now, don't put your address and your name. You're going to put <laughs> Directed Trust Company, FBO, you know, Mark Kohler IRA, if it was Mark's. And then you're going to put our account number and information, which we provide you. It's on our forms and our staff will do it for you if you miss it. And that way we're going to receive the income into the IRA. Just like when your IRA owns Apple stock and Apple issues a dividend, they don't send you a check. They send it to your IRA. It gets into your Schwab account or wherever your IRA is at. So, Similar thing with the private funds. They're going to send the money back to us. It'll get deposited in, in cash in your account. Yeah. Now that, and then you can look at your portal and go, yeah. oh, money showed up today. And, yep. and there it is. And and a lot of private and, funds do quarterly distributions. Some of them do an annual. Okay. Now, when some of them was, don't distribute at all. Some of them have kind of a lifespan of maybe it's a seven-year fund, like a private equity fund. And some of those, even VC venture capital funds, those are kind of like, we're not really distributing the money necessarily. Um, we're going to keep it, you know, invested and distribute at the end of our time period. I like it. Now, where I thought Matt was going when he said distribution is, and Matt knew this, is that 
well, now the money's in your IRA. How do you get it? The investor, the person. Well, yeah. that depends on what type of IRA you have. Is it a Roth? Is it a SEP? Is it a simple? Is it an IRA? Is it a covered L? Is it a 401k? What is it? Well, you may be young, you may be old. And, and that's a topic for another podcast on how to get money out of your retirement account after it's grown to a million dollars, right. whatever it is. So we want to, we'll talk about distributions from the retirement account to you. But what Matt was talking about was distributions from the fund to your retirement account. There's two steps. And because yeah. it's just like your IRA bought Apple stock, the money goes into your, reti- your retirement account. And then someday you're going to call up and go, I'm ready for a distribution from my IRA. Well, cool. We have a process for that. That's another podcast. But is that fair yeah. to say? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, and of course, you know, your that cash is just building up in your account. And, you know, once you have enough more money, you make another investment in something else. And so, um, or if you're 59 and a half or older, you just can start pulling it out and you take a distribution from your retirement account to you personally. Um now, I want to say one other thing. I mentioned the subscription documents or subscription agreement. When you're investing in a private fund, that is the key document that's basically saying, all right, I've read all the due diligence documents. I want to invest. Here's how much money I want to give you. Here's where I'm send the pro- profits back or any dividend income. If the fund's making money, send it back to me here to my IRA. There's also a section there where you're going to certify in a lot of these funds that you're an accredited investor. Any of these private funds, not all of them, but many of them require you to be what's called an accredited investor, which means as an individual, you have a million dollar net worth, not including your home, the equity in your in your personal residence, or you make two hundred fifty thousand annual income single or three hundred fifty thousand annual income married, and so you can qualify either by because you have high income or you have a million dollar net worth. Now, if you personally qualify. As an accredited investor, your IRA does. Okay. So in that subscription agreement, when you check, even though the document's done in your IRA's name, you're going to check, I'm an accredited investor because I have the net worth or I have the income. Yeah, I like that. Because a lot of people go, well, am I saying my account is an accredited investor yeah. or me the person? That question is on you, the person. Exactly. And, and, and that's the one box where it's not your retirement account. It is you behind your retirement account. Now, some people say, why is this? A, why do I have to do this? Why is this required? Well, this is actually goes back to the 1933 and 34 Securities Act when all these little grandmas lost their stock in the cr- stock market crash of the 20s, and they started to impose this securities laws, and they've evolved over the years. And it started in 1933 and 1934. And what the SEC, Securities and Exchange Commission, has done That's not the Southeastern Conference where like Auburn and Alabama. That we all hate. Isn't that the SEC? No. (laughs) Alabama's in the SEC, right? Oh, he said, sorry, I love real football. See, our producer here, (laughs) kind of a crazy guy. He's here in the studio and he's like, he's a huge Alabama fan. Uh, Some may call, or or a bandwagon fan of LSU or Alabama. Okay, sorry, LSU, whatever. Is that in the SEC? I don't even I don't even care. I watch. Anyway. Okay. Well, no distractions here. So <laughs> why did I bring the that SEC up? SEC does, the Securities and Exchange Commission, they're trying to protect the little people that don't have a lot of money to invest. And they're worried that they might lose everything they have on this one investment. And so the, the SEC has said, hey, if you're going to have a fund, 
in some situations, not everybody. So some of you may go, well, I never got asked that. Well, it depends on the fund. But in this fund, they say, we need to have an accredited investor's form signed. What they're trying to do is say, this person knows enough they're, they're, and they've got enough money that they're not idiots. You know, and, and they're only allowed to invest because we consider them to be a smarter or a more yeah. a, a, a substantiated investor. Is that fair to say? Is that, yeah, yeah. That's why it exists. So yep. don't hate it. Just sign the dumb thing if you qualify, but don't lie. Don't lie. Right. Make sure you. Sign. Yeah. Good advice. Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. Now, there's one other variety of the private fund out there called crowdfunding. Okay. All right. So we've had lots of clients' IRAs invest in crowdfunding. The last one I did um, just recently, a few days ago, was a client's IRA was investing into a video game. Okay. This video I thought game you were going to give some other salacious examples. So, <laughs> all right. Okay. You're <laughs> Are you okay with a video game? This wasn't like yeah. it, it was a PG game. video game too. It wasn't okay. even a, you know. Okay, good. Thank you. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, but uh, but this was a video game company that has made many successful video games already. And they that's one way they raise money. They crowdfund it amongst their fans huh. to go do all the work to make it. And so uh, these crowdfunding offerings um, can usually raise a million. That was actually just increased last month up to 5 million. So eventually crowdfunding offerings are going to be up to get 5 million. But these are clients, we've seen them invest a thousand bucks, 2000 bucks, 500 bucks in these crowdfunding offerings um, through their IRAs. Many of them are using Roths because they're hoping these are going to be kind of the moonshot deals that could be big. Uh, but that's a crowdfunding offering. So, um, and it's going to have similar documents like a subscription we've talked about um, and a similar process of how you're going to invest through the fund. And, the, and of course the fund's going to send money back to your retirement account as there's profits or distributions to be made. Okay. Now, now I'm going to pose the question that Matt has been dying to get to <laughs> is when you invest in these, this little LLC down the street with the restaurant or these funds of any sort, you're typically going to get what's called a K one. This K one tells you at the end of the year, how much profit you made. Now you may say, well, I don't, this is going into my retirement account, it's non-taxable because I, this is my IRA or this is my Roth or this is whatever. So I, the K-1 goes to directed IRA, I don't care, whatever. Or should they care, Matt? What, what's this tax? You were going to call it the UBIT tax that we might need to worry about. Yeah, unrelated business income tax, UBIT. Now, this is a tax that can apply to your IRA when it receives business income. Okay. So Mark mentioned a K-1. When you're in a private fund, it's usually a limited partnership or LLC, okay? Or maybe it's the small business, the, the, the bar and restaurant that's an LLC, let's say. When you get a K-1, it's going to tell you what type of income you received. Box one of the K-1 is not the one you want. <laughs> Box one is ordinary income. When an IRA gets ordinary income from box one on a K-1, it's going to have to pay this tax called UBIT. That's And it's a 37% tax rate. Now, there's some strategies. We'll do a later podcast on UBIT and another tax called UDFI, but I just want to flag it here. And this is something, if you have a knowledgeable account or tax lawyer, that'll kind of walk you through it. Um, so, so that's what to look out for. Now, the restaurant, the bar and restaurant is probably going to have it. Let's say the hedge fund out there, it may not have it. Um, the private equity fund or even VC fund, may not have it because they're going to be pushing through capital gain income. Yeah. If I may, Matt, here yeah. a good example is the restaurant is an operational business. 
Yeah. And the congressional or the, I guess the, the reason for this tax from a policy standpoint is the government said, hey, if you don't get taxed on this, it's not fair to the other restaurants in town. So you and John down the street need to pay taxes on this profit because it's ordinary business income and everybody needs to pay their fair share of tax when it's operational. But if you invest in a fund that's doing rental real estate, commercial real estate, some sort of uh, drilling or uh, uh, natural resource mining or something, it's going to possibly and probably be passive. And so when it's creating rental income or capital gain income, the government says, okay, that's okay. That's investment income. And so we want you to get a big number in box one or a big number in box two or three. We, we, we want big numbers. You all want big numbers. But we want to real understand that, well, if it's box one, I might have to pay some tax or my retirement account might have to. Or if it's passive in box two, three, or four, or five, whatever, you're going to have passive income that's not subject to UBIT. Is that okay, Matt? Mm -hmm. that, that's yep. kind of why that happens. And so when you're looking at funds, you may want to think, is this passive or is it an operation? Am I buying into a bunch of Chick-fil-A's or am I buying into a commercial building? building? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The Netflix movie. Yeah. The what Netflix movie, the profits are royalties. Mm. So the, the income from that is royalty income, which is exempt from UBIT. Love it. Right. Uh, commercial real estate. Commercial real estate. If you have debt on it, this is where the problem that causes this tax <laughs> called UDFI. But that's only on the profits from the debt piece. A little complicated for today for what we want to hit. But um, so if you're buying a fund that's a commercial real estate fund that uses debt to buy assets, you'll you'll have this type of UBIT, but it's because of the debt. You're getting rental income, which is exempt from UBIT, but there's this tax on it if you're the investment entity you're investing into uses debt to leverage their purchasing power of assets. Okay. So uh, what about land speculation? Totally fine. Again, unless there's debt used. Okay. So these private funds, we want to look at, I'm generally looking at if I'm advising a client as Matt, the tax lawyer, like directed IRA, you're supposed to be looking at this and any self-directed investors out there, you know, it's on you to kind of know what's going on in these funds. Like we don't know what's going on. I mean, we're looking at paperwork. So you got to ask the questions. And even when I'm an attorney and I'm advising a client reviewing documents, I'm asking, I, a lot of times you can't tell from the documents. Mm -hmm. It's a real estate fund. Do they, they don't say that they're going to use debt. They say they might, but they don't say they are. Now, a lot of them are. Now, there are some funds out there in the real estate space, and Real Crowd is one of the companies. I've, they've been on our podcast, the Main Street Business Podcast. Um, they're probably one of the biggest um, funders of private real estate deals online, doing like apartment buildings and commercial deals, uh, Real Crowd. Um, but they have a number of funds on there that are that are no debt funds that the people who do, do the real estate deals, they use all cash and they really attract a lot of IRA investors. So sometimes you can look for specific funds if you're into real estate, find the right operator. And many times there's some no debt funds out there. And now a couple of thoughts. Is this a deal killer? No, it's you, you just want to know that it's there and- yeah we've got, again, another podcast talking about strategies of how to get around it. Um, it's not smoke and mirrors, aggressive stuff. There's just different ways to deal with it. And really, you're looking at the overall net return in this fund. 
hey, it's got a good management team. It's got a good yeah. track record. I've got some other buddies or gals or friends that are in on this. They've had a good experience. Okay. Now, in, in the prospectus or some Q&A, you might find out, oh, there might be a little UBIT or a little UDFI. Okay. Well, yeah. hey, overall return kicks butt. If the retirement account owes a little tax, the retirement account can pay that tax and it, and it can cover it in possibly the distributions, which is typical. So it's not yeah. the end of the world. You just want to be savvy enough to go, okay, there, there's some moving parts here. Yeah. Let me give you another example. I had a client investing in a tech software startup and it was an LLC. And so I was looking at this investment and the company was raising money from a, you know, it was a little fund. They were doing a, a raise of, you know, I don't know, 10 million bucks, maybe, you know, it was small for, you know, Bay Area tech company. But, <laughs> <laughs> now, but they stayed in LLC. They did not do a C-Corp. And the client's question was, well, am I going to have UBIT? And we looked at it and I said, well, what is the goal of this company? Well, my goal is that this company is going to take off, get a bunch of users, and some other big tech company is going to buy them out, and I'm going to sell all my shares and make profits. I'm like, okay. So your goal is to make capital gain income because this is a highly appreciating, hopefully, investment. Your goal is not to sit there and cash flow it as a partner in the LLC, getting ordinary income every year, is it? He's like, no. And in fact, they lose money for years. They, In fact, they get bought for tens, hundreds of millions of dollars, and they haven't even made a cent yet. So I'm never going to see ordinary income coming through on a K-1, even if it is just an LLC. And so many times you want to look at the investment, if it's in more in the startup or venture capital space, even if it is an LLC, you're not trying to cash flow the business and hold it as a business. Your goal is it's going to sell to someone else or it's going to go public and you're going to get cashed out, um, and which is capital gain, which you would have no UBIT. So. And, and see, what's hard here is I'm sure a lot of you are going, okay, that's cool, guys. I get it. How do I figure this out? I'm a, I've got a day job. I work 60 hours a week. I don't have time to figure this crap <laughs> out. So what's going to happen is, and I hate to say this, you might call your accountant and go, hey, you know, I'm self-directing. It, it's a great idea. I like it. I vetted this. I vetted the company I'm investing in the fund. I love directed IRA. They've been really supportive. Can you help me out with UBIT? And you hear, you hear crickets in the background. Yeah. yeah. Maybe even the person you called falls over in his chair and is passed out because they've never heard of UBIT. They don't know what UDFI is. Freaking, they don't even know that you're self-directing or figured that out. That's very common. I'm a CPA. I'm a partner in an accounting firm. We do tax work around the country. I've worked at KPMG in the big five. <laughs> Back when it was then, it was big five. And so, <laughs> but most accountants don't know this conversation. They don't. And they don't, and, and, and that's okay. It is a unique area. It uh, doesn't mean your accountant's bad or dumb. But if your accountant, and you, that's the way I'd start out. Call up your accountant and go, do you know what UDFI is? Have you ever heard of self-directing? No. Okay, thanks. You know, and, and then you want to reach out. And this is where our law firm, a sister company to Directed IRA, might be a big help. You might say, hey, I'd like to kind of know what the tax ramification of this project is. I know I'm going to do it. I got directed IRA on the case. We're going to pull the trigger, loving it. But I needed some tax advice on what the ramifications might be. Cool. Retain a tax law firm or a, for a couple hours. It's not going to be the end of the world or an accounting firm that knows this and say, will you look at this? What, what are my options? And you've listened to our podcast on how to get around UDFI or UBIT. And you're like, I just need some advice on 
if I'm going to yeah. have this and what to do, we're there yeah. for you. So we're not yeah. going to throw you to the wolves at directed IRA, but you, you got to have yeah. a third party accounting or law firm. Yeah. And we have a ton of resources too. And there's my book, the self-directed IRA handbook. That's got a whole chapter on UBIT and UDFI. That's got a chapter on investing in a such a good partner. It's got a chapter on investing in a private company where we flag some of these issues. So, um, but yeah, I think um, this is a growing area. If you look at the amount of money invested in what is quote unquote alternative assets, which basically means not big publicly traded companies, we're talking about small business and real estate and these private funds. This is one of the fastest growing categories out there that's actually seen amazing returns. And because the stock market just gets, everybody just throws their money into it. But if you're really strategic and know like, can find the good funds, can find the good small business opportunities, can find the good real estate deals. That's what self-directing is all about. And I see it from clients that, you know, like if you, let's say you're an, um, I had a, a biotech client that was used a Roth IRA and a really cool deal investing in a, in a startup. They had it made million, multi-million dollar returns. And but he was a, he was a doctor in that space. And he's like, this is a new company doing this cool thing. Um, he invested and he invested his money. And I had one even just a couple weeks ago. There's a mouthwash company that a, a client who's a dentist invested his retirement account into this startup that he's like, this is going to be a, I know this is going to be the cool thing. And so <laughs> they're seeing the opportunities in what they already know and investing into them at the ground level. Not once the company goes public and, you know, investors on Wall Street and the investment banks and everybody's already made a ton of money off of it. Now it goes out to everyone else to, to kind of like pick up the crumbs. And let's talk resources here. I, for those that were on YouTube, I was playing around while Matt was talking. I'm holding <laughs> up Matt's best-selling book, the number one in the industry, with yeah. this new cover pointing out highest customer satisfaction survey on uh, directed IRA uh, services. This is the self-directed IRA handbook, and it really is a handbook, people. Now, to buy the book, get over to directed IRA SDIRA handbook. Com. Now, there's links at Directed IRA, but if you want to just check out the book, Matt's got some good videos there. Go to SD, as in self-directed, IRA, handbook.com, pick up a copy of the book. Also, a fun fact on this. The reason why I love what Matt's saying here is that you've got some insider knowledge in the industry. I'm not saying insider trading here. I'm saying you've got <laughs> yeah. some inside knowledge on an industry, yeah. and you're going to invest in something you know. Oftentimes in these funds, you're getting double digit returns, which is outperforming Wall Street dramatically in the S&P 500 because you, you're in on something that you know. Here's what's cool. You're building million dollar retirement accounts, multi-million dollar retirement accounts. Get over to YouTube and type million dollar IRA, even throw in the word Kohler just to get there a little quicker. I'll be popped up in the top two to three videos. I've got a million views on a video on how to build a million dollar Roth IRA. And it all comes down to these double digit returns. So check that video out. I, if you hit subscribe and hit the bell icon, every time I go live or have a video, you'll get a little ping and you'll just be like, ah. But building a million dollar Roth IRA is so doable. Guys, here's what, okay. Why don't you pool some of your family's Roth money, form an LLC, and then do the private fund investment. See, some people are like, well, Mark, that's nice if I had a $250,000 Roth. Well, maybe you do if you pooled you and your spouses and your kids' Roths, formed an LLC. Now you can get a $250,000 position in a fund 
through an LLC owned by seven Roth IRAs. Yeah. Never pay tax on it. Huh? Uh, Matt? Yeah. Blew out of the water there. If you didn't know what Mark was talking about, we did the multi-member IRA LLC. That's that structure's called a couple podcast episodes ago about the IRA LLC. And if you're also like, guys, how do we even get a self-directed account? I'm, you know, I've just stumbled into this podcast episode. Go back to episode one here. <laughs> um, and we've kind of started in order here of like easy to complex. So we're already at kind of the different investment types here. So, and private companies and funds being one of them. Um, again, do your due diligence on them. Um, but uh, invest in the things that you know. That's what self-directing is all about. Um, don't give up and just buy, you know, boring stuff on Wall Street and just kind of like, you know, put it in a mutual fund. You don't even know what the heck is in it. Uh, just be more engaged with your money. I think that's the best advice um, yeah. for any of us out there, no matter what we're doing. And this is fun. This is like a rabbit hole. I've had clients go, oh my gosh, you said self-directing. And then I got Matt's book and I've been like on a roller coaster for three weeks learning and not even know. I never knew this world existed. Yeah. The, the Merrill Lynch's and the Oppenheimer's and the Smith Barney's, they don't want you to know about this because you're going to take the money, pull it out of your old 401k or your old IRA and go, oh my gosh, I can self-direct this and invest in what I freaking know. Oh my gosh. Now this whole new world's opened up to you and it's exciting and it's legit. There's millions, billions of dollars in self-directing um, out there. And it's been there for years. It, yeah. And it's just, we can't afford a Super Bowl commercial. And so we can't compete <laughs> against Merrill Lynch to let you know about it. So you've stumbled upon us. Soak it up. Subscribe. Give us five stars if this blows your mind. Please give us a good rating. We, that way more people can hear about this. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Of course, you can always learn more about the podcast too at directedira.com slash podcast. Um, we're on all the channels. You can find the video on YouTube. If you're listening and you want to kind of see, you know, the video, it's not that exciting. It's just Mark and I's faces, but, uh, you know, well, no, you're going to see some tan good looking guy here in Idaho where it's three degrees and some pasty white guy. in Phoenix I was just thinking that, man, I don't know if I got the lighting wrong or what, but I'm like looking pretty pasty white compared to you. No, hey, Matt is a good looking guy. He got a new haircut today. He looks quite yesterday. Sad, yeah. say. Was it yesterday? Yeah, you're looking I mean, good. It was two days ago, actually. But yeah. It's yeah. Fresh. Do, oh, put your hand up like that. Do that. Do that one more time. Okay. Now, oh, see, you saw the Matt's can come out when his hand, see, it's the webcam. See, right there. See, there was yeah. a little bit of camera yeah, tricks. Yeah, the camera picked it up. Matt, you know, you got all the, you're, you've got all the pieces and parts, but you're, you're the, Full metal jacket, the real deal. I don't know what you say. You're you're a stud. Well, I appreciate the confidence boost. Yeah. All right. All right. So, well, thanks everybody for hanging in there on the podcast. We appreciate being on here. Hopefully, you're finding this to be helpful. We'll be back next week. We're actually talk about um, there's gonna two upcoming topics about how to start your own business with a retirement account. Mm-hmm. Pretty complicated strategy, but there are some options there. We'll walk through them. And then we're gonna start doing open form too on the podcast as well. We're fielding a lot of your tax or excuse me, your self-directed IRA questions on what you can and can't do and some of the cool things people are doing. So yeah, which are tax related. Ask yeah. we got to talk about OJ Simpsonizing your Ooh, retirement. We got to talk about the asset protection of your retirement accounts. Ooh, yeah. And uh we do hope by the time open forum hits, there'll be a, a little comment section where you can leave your question and get some get some community there. You know, people yeah. can comment. We're going to reply. We'll let you know what episode we commented on the question and maybe say a few words. We've got six attorneys in our law firm that can take a call anytime 
make an appointment and get a little consult and yeah. learn more about this. So you just, that's the beauty of this. We've got the sister law firm and the sister accounting firm that you can go to as resources if you need it. So again, don't be dismayed if your professional is not up to speed on this. Some aren't, yeah. but we got those firms if you need it. And uh, thanks everybody. 